From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Annie Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. The playoffs are almost upon us. They are coming. Miami, Brooklyn, Ooh, maybe what a game! A playoff preview. I hope so. The more I see that replay, the more you think. The more I think it wasn't a foul. I'm. I tend to agree. I didn't. I was shocked they didn't call it. But as I watched it, I was like, "Oh, that's he got the ball. That's not a foul." But what a block from Mason Plumley. Yeah, it's I, all because he went straight up. His hand came over a little bit, but he went straight up, and that's why I think the refs didn't end up calling that's it. That's how you play defense. It Honest, is. Honestly, I know, but though, he got a lot of hand, and I don't know. I couldn't really tell yeah, from the angle they showed block, a lot of hand. which he got first. After I he think. The ball. I think that's one of those calls where we applaud the referees for not making that call late in the game. But like, if they did make the call. And then we see on it. ESPN, they go, let's look at the replay. The color commentator, I, I forget who it was, or it was on TNT, would say, that was a good, that was a good call. Yeah. I, I, think I, they would, I, I think that was yeah. one of those calls where, like, they don't call it, like, that's a good call. They call it, and you're like, that's a good call. I think either way, that would have been a good call. I, I agree with you. I think it, if they had called it, would any part of me have been shocked? Not at all. And yeah. like you said, when you see that replay, you see him hit his hand a lot. Yeah, he does get ball, but you see contact. So you, the average person would say, "Oh, there's contact. There's the foul." Absolutely. And Plumlee even said his initial reaction was to go up and make him earn it at the line. So he was kind of going for the foul, even though he played solid defense on the play. Um. So again, that could be a playoff mat, uh, a preview of a playoff match. I hope so. We'll talk to Jared I'm Dubin sure in just na- a sec at J A Dubin five on Twitter about what he thinks is going to happen in the East playoffs, but. I think if you look at just the grand scheme of things, everything that's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. Week and a half. Just a week and a half. um, The Phoenix Suns are probably the best story. And I think, honestly, I think the Phoenix Suns make the playoffs. I'm a big fan of the Phoenix Suns. I want them to make the playoffs. I really want to watch them, especially if they face the Spurs. You know, they're just crazy with all the people they have. I'd love to see Goran Dragic continue his amazing season into the playoffs, but I kind of see the Grizzlies getting that last spot. Also, we have to say rest in peace to Kevin Durant's streak of 41 straight My games goodness. with mm. 25 or more points. He had 23 last night. Yeah. It's over. Just to go back to the Suns for, uh, and Grizz, I think it's going to be the Suns Maybe making a it preoccupied It's a, Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Bob was looking for his phone there. So it was a little bit of an issue. I'm just going to run through <laughs> the remaining schedules here. So for the Phoenix Suns, it's New Orleans, at New Orleans, at San Antonio, at Dallas, then Memphis at home, and, and then at Sacramento. So they have a tough ending going on the road a lot. And then for the Grizzlies, they have home versus Miami, home Philadelphia, at L.A., at Phoenix, and then home versus Dallas. I still think because of that game that Phoenix has on the Grizzlies right now, they'll stay in that spot. Uh, it's just they all play each other, which is just awesome. You yeah. know, It's going to be great to see those matchups. They should be primetime television. And three, all three teams are – pretty awesome like in, in the east they would be in the top four seeds the Grizzlies yeah. with a healthy Marcus All are back in their flow of things you know they're a scary team to face if I'm the Spurs they're a team that I'd kind of rather not face the Suns like we said they're fun offensively and then anytime you can watch Dirk in the in the spotlight I'll sign up for that every day yeah well um, the Mavericks are gonna make it because they're even two games ahead of the Suns in my opinion at least they're locked well let's see what Jared Dubin thinks as we bring him in 
So now I welcome in our guest, Jared Dubin of Bloomberg Sports and Hardwood Paroxysm. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. At Dubin 5 on Twitter. How's it going today, Jared? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me back. Sure thing. We, you know, you, you brought the fire last time, so we figured we'd bring you back. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we, we were joking about um, a couple weeks ago when the Pacers came into town was Evan Turner. And, I mean, we're talking a lot about the Pacers today because, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling right now. Is Evan Turner really that bad, uh, or is there just something larger going on? Yes and yes. Uh, <laughs> Evan Turner is not good, and I, and I think that, you know, we've seen that over the course of his career and with the Pacers as well, but there's also something larger going on there. This downslide really started before he got there. You know, it's been going on pretty much since the beginning of February. They, they've been, I think, the second-worst offense in the league since then, and Philadelphia doesn't count because they're not a real team. <laughs> right. Um, you don't struggle for that long and that badly because of one guy. Um, you know, and it's everybody's struggling. George Hill, Paul George, David West, Roy Hibbert, Lance. This is, it's not an isolated thing, and I mean, yeah, you've seen people around the league are concerned. Well, for a while, the question was, should we be concerned about this? And I think it's a straight answer now. It's definitely concerning. So, Jared, do you are the Pacers still that Eastern Conference Finals lock that they have been for the entire season, it seems like? They're definitely not a lock. You can't, I mean, in the first round, depending on who they get, I think that they're still a pretty heavy favorite. But in the second round against the Nets or the Raptors or the Bulls, I don't know how you can consider them the favorite right now when they just can't score. And their offense has been declining. Uh, sorry, their defense has been declining as well. You know, as recently as you know mid-February, they were on track to be a top-five defense of all time, and that obviously hasn't been the case since then. Their, their defense is still okay, but it hasn't been the elite defense that we saw last year and for most of this season. So it's, it's hard to even consider them a favorite in the second round. I want to stay in the East here because uh, all the you know everyone's talking about that game last night between Miami and Brooklyn. And, and we were to um, – for, first off, that, is that a foul on Mason Plumlee? I guess not. It wasn't called. I honestly, I mean, I'm with I, you, Jared. I saw like I, I saw just a few replays, and I, I'm still not even sure. But um, I mean, the magnitude of that game. You look at Brooklyn; they're in the five seed. Is this a team, Jared, that can make a lot of noise? We we're talking about the Pacers are struggling. I mean, Toronto. I mean, they look good, but I mean, Toronto, Chicago, Chicago's missing Derrick Rose. Is this a team that can make a run? Maybe even go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Oh, definitely. I mean, they've been. I, I think that they have the best record in the East since January 1st. You know, they're, they're playing as well as anybody else in the conference right now, and they have been for a while. They're good on both sides of the ball. They, they move the ball around so well on, on offense. They have so many guys that are willing and able to make that extra pass. And it's the way they play defense, it's, it's different than the way a lot of other teams do with, with the free switching and the long arms in every single passing lane. Uh, Sean Livingston has just been incredible. You know, Joe Johnson, Alan Anderson, AK-47, you know, Garnett coming back, all these guys. I mean, there's just so much length out there, even though they're playing ostensibly small ball. It's, it's very difficult to play against because you don't see much like that. Well, yeah, at one point last night, I know they had such a small lineup that Sean Livingston was probably the five. And 
it really is a testament to their depth. And having been around them all year, you know, I've really been struck by how deep they are. They have two guys at every position. So, Jared, is that something that they'll be able to take advantage of other teams' lack of depth in the playoffs? You know, a lot of people say that depth matters less in the playoffs because you're playing your top guys more. And I think that that's somewhat true, but it depends whether your depth is, you know, you have equally strong guys just throughout the roster and don't have those stalwarts you can count on. Or, you know, you still have your studs, but you also have guys that can fill in if somebody else gets in foul trouble. And I think that the, the Nets have the latter, where, you know, they have their guys they count on, like, like Joe and Duran and even Livingston a bit now, and Pierce. And then they also have guys throughout the rest of the roster that can fill in around them. You know, KG is a 20-minute-a-game player at this point, but Plumlee can also play. And, you know, Kirilenko can play, and Anderson can play, and Marcus Thornton can play. They just have so many guys that can fill the same roles as each other if one of the others isn't effective or is getting in foul trouble. Jared, um, I want to stay in the East here for a sec just before we go out West because, gosh, this eighth this eighth seed. I mean, wh- when is this race going to end? It's just painful to watch at this point. Uh, uh, yeah, no comment. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Like Both of those teams, the Knicks and the Hawks, they're just annoying. Like I just want them to go away. They, it seems like each of them is saying to the other one, like, here, please make the playoffs. I want you to do it. <laughs> and the other one's just like, no thanks. We don't like the playoffs. Go ahead. You can take it. All right, well, in contrast to the eighth race in the East, the eighth race in the West is actually quite entertaining. And there's three teams for two spots in Dallas, Phoenix, and Memphis. So, Jared, Love Phoenix. Jared, which two are going to make the playoffs in your opinion? Oh, man. I mean, they all play each other in the last, I think, nine days of the season. There's, there's Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas, Memphis, and Phoenix, Memphis. So, I'd say whichever of those teams goes 2-0 and is going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly tell you with any version of confidence which one that's going to be. I mean, right now it seems like Dallas and Phoenix are playing a little bit better than Memphis, but that could change by, like, tomorrow for all we know. Which, you know, which ones do you want to see? Oh, um, I mean, I want to – I like them all so much. There's none that I don't want to see. You know, I want to see all three of them. Um, Phoenix for the story, I'd love to see them. And just kind of for the chaos – they create, you know, with, with with Bledsoe and Dragic and all the threes. They're, they're just very fun to watch. Obviously, obviously, Dirk and the Mavs offensively, they're fun to watch. Memphis is a different kind of fun where they just they grind so hard. And, you know, especially being able to see them play the Clippers again, those series are just like all-out brutal wars, and I would love to see that again too. Um, Jared, I was listening to the Rose Report this week, and Jalen Rose made a good point that, San Antonio might remember what happened to them last year in the finals. They might want home court advantage. They might be pushing for this one spot. Do you agree with that sentiment that they really, really want this top spot? And what, you know, while they're three and a half up on Oklahoma City, they want to keep it that way? I can't pretend to know San Antonio's mindset, but they've been around long enough and had enough success that I feel like they're pretty confident they can win at home or on the road. All right, well, they pretty much got that locked up. I don't think it's even a question that they're going to be the one seed overall yeah, in the NBA. But I'm going to move it to a little individual award. 
You know, it's been a long time since we talked about the MVP, and I've always thought that Kevin Durant still has it locked up, but it's been kind of quiet of late on that front. Does Kevin Durant, the streak's over. We have to mention it that, It is. Too. The 25-point points per game streak is over. Do you still think Kevin Durant is the MVP, Jared? Uh, I do, um, and I think there was a poll on ESPN that came out today, and I think he got like 86% of the vote from uh, – Various ESPN.com and Hoop Network people, I think that the general consensus is that he's the MVP. You know, he's just been so over-the-top good, and they were missing Westbrook for a large portion of the season. He's playing in a tougher conference. He's expanded his game so much in terms of handling the ball, passing the ball, and still, you know, increased his, his usage of possessions on his own and somehow become even more efficient. He's not a human person. <laughs> is kind of what it comes down to. He's probably, I think it's safe to say, he's been the best player in the league this season, even if LeBron, you know, LeBron is still incredible. And LeBron, I think when he wants to be, is probably still the best player on the planet. But I think that Durant has been more valuable, maybe even better this season. Um, I, I want to ask you, because this was going, you know, it got kind of viral on Twitter. I think it was yesterday on Twitter, or maybe the day before, when ESPN introduced their uh um, their real plus minus, and, and then obviously there was already RAPM. Um, do you think this is a, how is this different, and do you think we can use it in a good way going forward here? I don't know enough about it to say how it's different from what I read. It looks like they made some tweaks to, to RAPM, and you know I think that like every other stat, it's another tool in the toolbox. I. I don't really advocate using any one stat as the end-all, be-all. I know that there are some people that do. I'm not one of those people. Um, I would say that it's, like I said, it's, an, it's another tool in the toolbox, something else you can use to evaluate players. But it's not something that, you know, where, you know, baseball has war, which is generally, I think, by most people in the advanced statistical community considered something where, it's the all-encompassing stat, and that's what it is. I think in the NBA, there's never going to be that one all-encompassing stat, and I don't think there should be. I think that you should use all the stats you can get and also watch games and study film. And, I mean, ranking players, not the best exercise to begin with, but if you're <laughs> going to be doing that and you're going to be evaluating players, I think you should try to gather and use as much information as possible and not limit yourself to any one thing. So it's, it's, it's a good idea, and it's certainly an interesting concept, and, and I'll you know, do my due diligence and use it as I see fit, but it's not going to be something that becomes the only thing that I use, nor do I think that should be the case for anybody else. Well, I'm not going to lie. The last thing I need is a new stack because I just became very comfortable with advanced metrics. Well, Jared, the, I hate to push this on you because I know you don't want to talk about it, but we have to ask you. <laughs> Are the Knicks going to make the playoffs? Can they, can they beat the 3, 4, and 5 seed? That's who they're going to play in the East with the remaining schedule. Can they do it, and will the Hawks lose one to maybe the Celtics or the Bucks over their last four games? Well, I think the odds of the Knicks going 4-0 and the Hawks going, I think, 2-3, and three, which is what would have to happen over their last five games, I think the odds are pretty low. Um, and, I mean, the, the Knicks kind of have to win all their games in order to get in. So I'm going to not really go out of limb, but I'm going to say no. Um, all right. So before we let you go, relating to the Knicks, 
you were at several of these games. Unfortunately, not the the Mellow sixty two game. Um, how are you going to remember this season? Like, if you had to pick out one or two events to remember the 2013-2014 Knicks, what would they be? Well, I'll remember them as an all-out train wreck, mostly. And I think that the game that most exemplifies that is the lead they they had come in on, I think it was an eight-game winning streak, and then blew a 17-point second-half lead to the Cavs with Jared Jack scoring, I believe it was, 31 points. And just all the early season issues resurfacing. They couldn't guard pick and roll. They couldn't do anything on defense. They, you know, went into the stagnant isolation down the stretch. And that was the epitome of the season to me. It was kind of the perfect game to explain the team. Who Paul alert for Jarrett Jack. Um, that, was, that was ridiculous. All right, Jared, thanks so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule and, and coming on with us. And we'll look forward to chatting with you around the MSG and Barclays Center and in the future on the pod. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Good to hear from Jared again. Always, Always good to hear. Yeah, great guy. Great takes. Hot takes. The hottest of takes. I, I'm i kind of with him as far as the Knicks go. I don't. It's kind of a desperate situation. I know you really want to cover some playoff basketball, but I don't see that happening, unfortunately. Hey, man, I'm covering the Yankees now. <laughs> so I mean, I'm done I'm having right an opinion that. on this subject because it's sw- every time I switch and it goes the other way immediately, so I'm just not even going to say who I think is going to make it. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 some a part of me thinks the Knicks are going to take it down to the final. The Knicks and the Hawks. Let's well, yeah, not remember a, the Hawks are also horrific. That is a thing. That I think they're both going to take it down to the final day. Teams, people forget in general, the Hawks are just they're choking away game after game where they can clinch on purpose. If you, it's not on purpose, but it comes off as on purpose because they play <laughs> terribly in big games. The Knicks. If there's one team I'd want in front of me if I was the Knicks, it'd be the Hawks. I th- guess that's how I'd sum it up. I guess so. If there was one team I'd want to play in the playoffs, dude, the Pacers. <sighs> My goodness, what is wrong with them? I mean, we heard Jared tell us that the reliance they have on Evan Turner is just a mess. Offensively, they can't buy a bucket. I was I was researching a little before this podcast. In their last 12, 15 games, even in their wins, which have come sparingly, they're they're very they're below 100 points. They're winning because their defense shows up again. How can you not be concerned heading into the the biggest part of the year? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are saying maybe it was Danny Granger's depart departure um from from Indiana. Is that is that becoming more valid as we watch? I I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know really if I like that. that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm buying that. I, I think it's just they're growing apart and Roy and look, Roy Hibbert is Roy Hibbert is, has not been good this year. He's been pretty bad. And Paul George has declined since his hot start. And, you know, Lance is, you know, Lance. I mean, he's he's, he's, gonna, he's the J.R. Smith of that team. He's going to be really hot and really cold. I, yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, I didn't – they expected Paul George to make the offensive leap. He hasn't really done that. And that's obviously going to be disappointing as the Pacers. But then when they got rid of Granger's, it, Granger, was kind of like, all right, Lance, here you go. You're the sidekick offensively. You got to pre- perform night in and night out, and he's just not reliable enough. Never has been, and I think the Pacers are paying for putting their chips in his court. I guess. Yeah, Lance tries to do a little too much, but believe it or not, I still think everyone's overreacting. I still think we're going to see the Pacers make it as long as they don't have to play. The way it's shaping up right now, it looks like they won't have to play Chicago. Why is playing? Take- why is playing Toronto? 
for the Pacers so great? I think it's much better than having to play Chicago. I think it's a better matchup. I, you, I think I would rather play the, the oh, Raptors. I agree yeah. as well, but I don't, the Raptors are no pushover was my point. I think we got to be careful. No, they're not, but uh, you don't you, – you, you know, but you don't, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, okay. You know what you saw from them, but like you're right, th- you're right. there was such a surprise this year. I feel like you no. have to just kind of be a little careful. I'm but okay, I, think you, we're, I think we're being too careful, though. You can't talk about Granger as like being the main reason for on-court reasons because he last year he didn't contribute. No, he wasn't no. playing I at thought all. You were, I thought we were just talking about the Raptors. No, no. Here's oh, well, I was going back to Granger. Okay, okay. Because well, yeah, yeah. To touch upon Kenny's point, I agree with you. You know, you see, even as the Pacers are downsliding, we still know they can do it. They've been there, so we we and hold vi- out and vice versa with the Raptors. Yeah, exactly. You know? Even as the Raptors trend up, we don't know that they could sustain it. So they have those working for them and against them. But back to your point, Kev, Granger wasn't an encore thing, but he kind of was a glue for the offense. You know, yeah, he he was experienced. He could score big points. When they have a tough possession, who's who's creating points on that team? But he, but he wasn't the last really year or two. It was just it was it was his leadership. I, I'm yeah, a big yeah. fan of Danny. And I like Danny Granger a lot. That's but, the, that's the key I mean, word. I had to face the facts that he just wasn't very good. No, but that was the, when key, I, the when key I word. He, that, he was, yeah. and that, then he wasn't. Well, right, no, he was yeah. very good. But was, then, yeah. but then I was like, come on, this is a guy like he's good. You know, they, if he comes, you know, he comes back, gets healthy, he'll be helped him a lot mm. and. And then I, when he got traded, I looked at his numbers over the last couple of years. And I was like, oh, yeah. not that great. Well, the day he got traded, Paul George actually tweeted out a picture about him like losing. I think he was losing his big brother, and that's a big thing. Even though Paul George overtook his spot in the lineup, I mean, it, it was rough for Paul George to lose him. And now George has had all the off-court well, issues. Do you think the Pacers rest their starters? You were talking about that before. I, I do think they're resting their starters to try to, you know, position themselves for an easier run through the playoffs. It sounds like Vogel is really focusing on it. I mean, Hibbert got benched and now he's not playing. I, I really think they're going to just he really a- rest. Try to, I think I think uh, I read that uh, Paul George and David West both went in to talk to Vogel about how it's going to be a positive thing if they rest and get healthy for the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, but Hibbert was like, do you remember the quote he had after when um, when he got benched? It didn't seem like he thought it was kind of a, you know, resting thing for the playoffs. He was I mean, he, pissed. He was yeah. mad. I think at the time it wasn't. And now it's just an easy way. It's a nice transition. It's a nice transition. You were playing awful, I and now he, we can rest right. you for the I playoffs. Think he, I think he needs to sit a little bit. Um, before we get to picks, UConn wins the national championship. Congra- good good times are had by all. To con- Connecticut native Kenneth Ducey, who is Thank claiming you. to be Baz's biggest fan. <laughs> they, Not his biggest fan. They earned it, and they oh, were the UConn best team in that tournament, bar none. I was so happy. I, I could not bear to see Kentucky, Kentucky win the national. Win. Did you really? Even after they beat your Michigan boys? Well, that's partly the reason I'd like my team to lose to the best. And team. Aaron Harrison, that's three fair. game winners in a row. Holy, that guy. That's that's another thing yeah. in itself. I after the first time, obviously, I was a little upset. It was against my team, but then against Wisconsin. Geez, that was from NBA range. Yeah, that, that was a crazy shot. But I think I have to say about UConn is that Boatwright was. I think the reason they pulled it off because his on on ball defense was just absolutely incredible all the way through. He messed up every guard he went against, even after he sprained his ankle and was forced to call a timeout. It was so everyone bad. everyone that I talked to when they were I was talking to him about the game. I said, "Well, obviously Shabazz is going to get his. Always does. If Bowright and Bowright or Daniels shows up, I think UConn would have won the game. Didn't and really because of his foul trouble. Yeah, and Bowright just took that and he to the next level. He was." 
probably the second best player on the Florida Shabazz that night. Yeah, a it couple was, of his step backs were just nuts. You got to give it to UConn. He they really earned good. it. They were the best team in that tournament. If we're before we go to picks here, if we're betting men, which we aren't, who's making the playoffs in the West, and in, and who's getting the or the la, you know the last two spots in the West, and who's getting the eighth spot? Go in ahead. The East? Um, I'll go. I'll go. You're gonna look send over there. I'm. Kevin. I've got the Hawks in the East. I don't think they can. Do whatever they want, but they I, won't, I do as well. They won't you lose. do too, Kevin. Hawks and East. I, I refuse to make a pick because it just I, it backfires <laughs> I, on me every single time. The, the, Hawks, theory, isn't it? Yeah, the Hawks are not going to lose to the Bucks and the Celtics. They play two of the worst four teams in the league over the last five games. They have they can back into the playoffs at this point. You have to make a pick, Kevin. I have to make a pick. Yes, you have to. All right, I'll say Atlanta because for your sake, I want you to see some playoff basketball. Okay. Wait, I, I'll say New York. Excuse New York? me. Okay, I'm, yeah. There you go. Um, Dallas, Phoenix, Memphis. I think I think Dallas and Phoenix make it. I think Memphis, right there where they stand in the nice bat, I, I think that's where they're going to stay. I have Dallas and Memphis. Dallas, I think, is a not a no, lot. Phoenix? No, I, I know. I love Phoenix. I'm a real big fan of mm-hmm. I love watching Goron. them. Gerald Green is, like, awesome to watch. PJ Tucker. Chucking threes. But Memphis, I think de- they're going to beat Phoenix. I the think Morrises. their defense is too much. And when these teams play each other, I think Memphis is built to beat these two teams in front of them. So give me Memphis and give me Dallas. Yeah, I see Dallas as a lock as well. And I think Phoenix is going to end up pulling it out. I just I have a feeling. I uh, think so too. Yeah, I, I think they're going to do it. I think they can really power through the schedule even though they have a few on the road. It'll be tough, but I see Phoenix All making right, let's, it. Let's get to my favorite yeah. part of the show. Yeah, speaking of predictions, um, let's start with picks. First up, we're cutting it, by the way. We're cutting these picks. We're not picking every game. Because it's just too long. It's yeah. too much. Um, Even though Matt, I've been... Matt, Matt thought that he was going to be cool and try to pretend like he was going to select what games we're going to pick, but I'm going to do it. Um, You're going to no, pick I'm, half I'm, the ones I'm, that I'm I think gonna we're going to pick the same exact ones <laughs> that you want to. I'm looking we, at them right now. Can we just now. talk about last week, how I went 10-3? and three? Oh, yeah, we, we got to bring up the standings yeah. from last we'll, week. Yeah. Yeah, I just um, want to get that out there. Yeah, Kev was ten and three. Matt was eleven and two. I was eight and five. I got even when you're good. Burned Kev. on the Kings and still Houston better. and Golden State. Uh, All right, so let's do it. so Kevin and I are tied at twenty eight and twenty two. Matt is thirty five and fifteen. So uh, get your notepad out for these picks. Get your popcorn ready. Bobcats at Wizards. Washington is favored by five, and I'm going to go with Washington. I'm going to take the Bobcats. Al Jefferson is playing out of his mind. Give me the Bobcats. I'm going to take the Bobcats as well. This is a really interesting game because Charlotte's only a game back right now. All right. Moving on. We'll go to the Nets and the Magic, if that's if that's interesting to you, because right now the line is at just five and a half Ooh. going to the Nets. Well, the Nets, again, on a back-to-back. Last time I picked them on a back-to-back, they got blown out by the Knicks, one of my two losses last week. That was brutal. Think they win by? Give me the magic. I think they win by the Nets win, but by less than five. I'm gonna go Nets. So the Nets to cover five and a half. Yep. You think the Nets won't cover five? I and believe a half. they will Nets. win, but not cover. Hmm. I will go with. Hmm, this is a tough one. I I think. The Nets I think have, I think I think the Nets cover. The Nets, the Nets seem cover. to get into overtime in all these games against teams they should beat. And tough situation. Yeah, but they're gonna so. be they're gonna be juiced up after that win. Uh, Heat and Grizz. This, at Heat at Grizz. This is gonna be this is gonna be a great game. Uh, Grizzlies are a four point favorite. I think Miami's gonna cover that. I'm with you. Miami probably a little upset after last night's <laughs> yeah, loss, to say the least. But the Grizzly need this game, so it the should Grizzly. be a good one. The Grizzlies. They're more than one. Jeff. 
I'm going to go Miami, even though same thing, same feelings. All right, uh, next up here, let's go Oklahoma City and the Clippers. And this is in Los Angeles. The Clippers are three-point favorites. I'm going with the Clip Show. I want to go with the Clip Show. Everything's telling me to go with the Clip Show. So I'm go going with the Clip, with show. The the clip, clip show. show. Yes. Really? I'm not. I'm going OKC. <laughs> Give uh, me the get thunder. Out of here. Get out of here. Oh, in whatever. LA. I'm gonna I'm gonna make up some ground. The Clippers on you, Matt. are secret- it's in LA. Yeah. The Clippers are secretly playing as well as anyone oh. but the Spurs right now. They're on a roll. I don't think they're going to lose this game at home or even make it that close. I don't disagree with that, but I still think OKC is going to do it. I need to make up some ground on you. You're that seven is- games ahead. <laughs> by the way, by the way, hold on. Uh, I'm going to throw this one in here because the Pacers are only five point favorites against the Bucks. I'll uh, take the Pacers. Yeah, I know. But Where like, is this one again? But like, but like, look, it, I mean, it, it's in Milwaukee. Oh, I'm not going to Bradley we Center. We don't. We won't count this one. But just like, what are the chances that the Pacers don't cover this? They have to be low. The Bucks are the worst team in the league. Yeah, I really think the Pacers will pull it off. Yeah, I, they probably will. Um, all right, so let's get back to our picks. Our a couple picks. more. A couple more. Yeah, just two more games here. Phoenix and New or- at New Orleans. Um, Phoenix is favored by six. Give me Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. They can't afford a clunker, but I'm a little nervous they might throw I'm one. I'm really up. nervous with, right with now. With the brow, you never know. It's not not a good good uh You guys are both going thing to have him down low against them. Yeah, sorry. Phoenix burned me last week, so I'm gonna go oh, with New Orleans. Phoenix Suns burn you. They did. Um one more. Houston at Denver. Denver favored by one and a half. Give me Houston. Houston coming off a game where they score hundred and forty five points. I think I'm going to go with Houston. <laughs> no, they they used up all their points last night. I'm telling you, give <laughs> me Denver. Up all their points. Give me Denver. All right, you can well, almost win two games with that many points, depending on how you play defense. Well, if you, play against, the, if you, if you play, play against the Pacers, the Pacers, exactly, you probably win. <laughs> all right, well, that'll uh, about do it. It's just six six games to pick today. It'll be it'll be fun to watch tonight. I'll be I'll be in the stadium, but I'll be keeping track on my on my league pass on my computer there. You know, I will absolutely be watching a majority of these games. I'm not sure which one are national. Nationally being televised, but I'll be watching them. Yeah, Kev, how about you? No doubt. I'm. You think I'm not going to watch these? And of course, the next. Well, this is a, this is mm. big night because Kevin and I are tied at 20 and 22. I try to gain a little ground on Matty Rowe. Let's see what happens. You guys had a lot of similar picks. I don't know if it'll happen. Um, did we though? Uh, not really. Let's get out of here. Let's actually <laughs> pretty much all different picks. We'll find right, out next really? week. We'll get out oh, of here. Bad. At WFB Sports, at Kenny Ducey, at Matty Rowe 16, at Sir Kevin Kelly. Still hasn't tweeted yet. I think. I, I still haven't logged in. You, you made it. All right. Till next time. See you. Thanks again to Jared Dubin, by the way, of Bloomberg Sports and Hardware Proxism. At J.A. Dubin 5. Go follow him.